you are the podcast master. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to stop by and check it out. If you're new, make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, drop those ratings. But I want to get straight into talking about my guest this week. His name is Koshay Irby. He is the CMO and Senior Vice President of Business Development and Consumer Events at the PBR. What does that mean? Well, I'll make it as simple as I possibly can for you. Uh, he's one of the big dogs in the world of PBR in the office, and uh, he's a guy that that I connected with right away. We started talking about different things that we could do uh, as, as a whole, as an entire organization to make the sport bigger and get more eyeballs on our athletes, which if you listen to this podcast or you've ever seen me at work, you know that that is my goal is to get more and more eyeballs on the sport of professional bull riding because I think this is the greatest sport in the world and I think these athletes are hands down the most incredible athletes on the planet. <clears throat> that being said, Koshay comes from the world of professional wrestling and obviously that is a big business with a huge, I mean huge fan base that are super loyal and I just want to see, I want to see uh Guys in the PBR experience that same type of fandom. And so that's my goal every day is to try to bring more eyeballs to the sport of professional bull riding. That said, Koshay, really cool guy. We we hit it off right away, and I think part of it was because we could sit and talk wrestling. And I finally had somebody to talk with uh, about pro wrestling on the road, okay? All right. We'll, we'll get into all of that. We'll talk about keeping in shape. We'll talk about a, a number of things. Trust me, it's a really interesting conversation that I had with Koshay. But before we get to it, I want to tell you about my good friends at Western Sales Management. That's right. You might know them as WSM Auctioneers. And if you're not already, make sure you follow them on Instagram because that is obviously the way, the easiest way we can connect with other people in the world. So if you're on Instagram, just give them a follow at WSM auctioneer, excuse me, at WSM underscore auctioneers. Make sure I get that right. WSM underscore auctioneers. You can log on to WSM auctioneers.com and I would encourage you to do so because the first Saturday of every month, they have a different online auction. That's right. It doesn't matter where you're at, where you're living, all you have to do is log on to WSMAuctioneers.com and you can bid right there. They got one coming up Saturday, May 8th. And let me tell you, there is a Hellcat, there's a Jeep, there are several vehicles in there that I would love to take home. Probably not going to be able to, but I would encourage you to check them out. I will tell you, I mean, all kinds of things, whether it's a gun safe, whether it's a side by side. I love my side by side that I picked up in Arizona from WSM Auctioneers. I encourage you to check them out at WSM underscore auctioneers on Instagram. Also, you know, it's May. What does that mean? It means the sun's out. It means it's almost full-blown summertime. It means it is time to protect your eyes and look cool and feel comfortable while doing all of those things. How, you might ask? It's easy. Beck Sunglasses. And I'm going to save you some money when you go to BeckSunglasses.com. All you have to do is type in the code MATT, M-A-T-T. I'm going to save you some money on your Beck Sunglasses. I do uh, wear Becks every day. And I'll be honest, I've been rocking the Jaybirds for a long time. I think they're the most comfortable pair of sunglasses I've ever put on my face. And yeah, I've tried a bunch of them. 
I've tried cheap. I've tried expensive. Let me tell you, these are the way to go. If you uh, if you don't believe me, log on to BeckSunglasses.com. Use the code Matt. Try them for yourself, and I guarantee you they're the most comfortable, lightweight, best-fitting uh, sunglasses you've ever put on your face. And those polarized lenses make everything look so much better. All right? BeckSunglasses.com. Use the code Matt. And like always, at Bex Sunglasses on Instagram, okay? Check them out. Again, I recommend the Jaybirds if every day. I wear Jaybirds for everything, whether it's casual, whether it's working out, going to the gym, whether it's going to work underneath a cowboy hat. But when I really want to step it up, I really personally like the Wesleys. They're kind of a little aviator type style and uh just check them out. I think you'll love them. I know whatever you order from BeckSunglasses.com, you're going to love the way they fit. You're going to love the way they feel. You're going to love the way you look in them. I, I'm pretty sure they make you at least two times cooler just by putting them on your face. So Matt at BeckSunglasses.com. Again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you do, let me know. If you don't, let me know. It's pretty simple to find me at Matt L. West on all forms of social media. So let's jump into the conversation. This week's episode of the podcast with my man, very interesting, intelligent, Koshe Irby. Call it in the ring. Huh? Call it, Call it in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm a wrestling nerd, man. So, you, uh, so you're the trips in this case because he's one of the best ring generals ever. I'll just be the guy. I'll I'm, be a I'm typically just a follow guy. I'm just a jabroni. I'm typically just a guy that's going to follow wherever everybody else goes because it, it, I love taking the lead on a show. But at the same time, like I work with a lot of people that if they're not in control, their reaction isn't the same as mine where I, I don't like having a safety net. That's why I always like, like live TV or ride pass, things like that because I don't have room to screw up. But it forces you to be in the moment too, right? Like, that's right. like, like that's the one thing I love about live production is you get, and specifically live production that's unscripted. Like, I, I, I couldn't go work for Cirque du Soleil. You do the exact same spot or move every day for all of your life. And for us, I love the fact that in the live event business, the product changes with every decision. Right. If you if you know in this in this case, bull comes out, bull bucks off, guy didn't you know misses the ride, but whatever. Our product that at that moment just changed, and then somebody that comes out covers our product at that moment changed, and I, I I'm gravitated toward those type of sports and events because I just couldn't I could not do the same ballet or the same symphony or the same song every night. Couldn't I just can't? Just- I, I I love what we're doing, and I love being in a different city every weekend. I love different crowd reactions. I love the way that that everything changes, but there is some similarities in every right. weekend. You know, I mean, it's kind of the same outline essentially. But for me, it's the moments where I don't want to say when a guy gets hurt or anything like that, but when when comms go out and you can't hear anything that like the the guys in the truck are trying to say to us or you there's no communication with the backside or TV or any of the people that are supposed to be telling us what to do or videos don't work or something like that um god forbid a bull goes down or something i love because everybody panics and i'm like i got this that's when the magic like, happens that's when i get really pumped up about work is when everything's kind of falling apart like that's when i get excited about work well but but candidly and we were just talking about this a minute ago about the cell phone photographers that's what separates professionals from joes yeah. right yeah. is the ability to perform at will under pressure you can summon that calmness like if anybody else was in that position and their ifb went out or 
video went down or God forbid a bull goes down and they're panicking and you're like, okay, step one, calm crowd. Step two, make sure rider's okay. Step three, educate people on how we take care of our animals. And you process that methodically where the average other person would be like, oh my God, where's the exit? I'm running away. I don't want to deal with this. Too much pressure. And that's the difference. But what I, I love about our team here is we're constantly working to get to the same finish line. So if like the guy behind us that's you know producing our show is looking down trying to fix another whatever is going on and I'm looking at a screen I can immediately go change the screen. You right. know, if I see something that I don't think fits where we're at or or whatever, kids aren't gonna like it or whatever it is, we we can constantly make those calls. And so like I feel like we've got a pretty good unit here, pretty good team. I, I'm impressed, man. Like I you know, coming from sports, professional sports, collegiate sports, WWE touring like this is this is this is a family man and you're right you know a lot of it is the same but a lot of it is different yeah and yeah, and, yeah. and it's it, but the core of it is you got guys once you get into this touring lifestyle and you kind of get into this family on the road you're just just looking out for your brother or your sister in that time and so i know that if a screen you know if a screen is wrong you're like i know that's not what he would want because my brother wants to only put on the best for this product so i hey man you forgot because he's also trying to be the best to make sure that the problem that he is seeing coming down that road he's focused on that and he just forgot about the now and it's, it's, it's everybody's job to make sure that the now is right so that we can have a great future too that and that applies hell i guess i think that applies in life it, it really, really should, break it yeah. all down yeah well and, and the ability to handle criticism right. too oh, it is we get a lot of it's that. thrown completely out of the door in, in most of the world but right now it's like shit i'm kind of used to it like it's an everyday thing for me and now that i've been married for almost two weeks i'm really used to criticism. oh just wait till you hit 14 i, weeks. I, I hope i and do in 14 I hope months I do. and then 14 years you will not be able to do anything right but wake up as long as you wake up that's the only good thing that you can do look man she Other watches enough that, dateline she watches enough dateline i just pray that i wake up that's all <laughs> i'm asking for how to get away with murders or show when my wife started watching that i got really nervous when she started watching that show how to get away with murder or like those dateline 48 specials yep. oh. i'm like why are you so into this, right? Or why is all of a sudden we got this like arsenic stuff in the kitchen? Um, like, I don't there, need any antifreeze. I don't need antifreeze. Why is the cabinet stocked with it? Why we have so much like plastic wrap? Uh, why do you need so many? Why do we need a chainsaw? <laughs> she spends 13 years in law enforcement. Like, we oh, watch we watch Dateline all the time. And the thing that she always points out, she's like, I can't stand the crime scene photos where the house is a mess. So when I've been gone for a, a day or two and I come home and the house is immaculate, I'm I'm like, uh, I'm just gonna get Subway on the way home. You get or nervous, man. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, can't handle dude, it. Just wait till you get when you get, when you hit that first decade. Yep. Just all you can do, change. right? Just just all you can do is wake up and say, "Yep." And whatever she, and then it's like a blank check. She fills in the rest. That that is a secret to success. The best thing about me is I talk for a living on the weekends. So when I come home, all I have to say is yes, ma'am, <laughs> for like the next five days, and I'm solid. I'm solid. No, nah, it's gonna get worse. Well, I know, I know. We'll circle back to all that. Let's game time decisions. Game you know, time. Kind of, decisions. kind of what we were talking about, though. You know, like being able to think on your feet. Um, any big life decisions you regret in the last 12, 24 hours? Like when uh, you got the, to the hotel last night. That cookie. Oh, yeah. I, so so I, didn't, I didn't finish mine. I didn't. I ate like a nugget of it. I'm sorry, you're weak. Hey, bro. I didn't have. I did not have the intestinal fortitude nor the intestine to process that. I, I didn't realize it was peanut butter. I didn't really. So it was like a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie. And here's the deal. I am a cookie snob. 
I have to, I have to, we talked about this last <laughs> end of the deal. I'm like, dude, what's the texture of the cookie? What's the temperature of the cookie? Is it cold? Is it hot? And then when I got back up, I got into it a little bit and I was like, dude, it's midnight. You're about to eat this. That's a bad decision in the making. But it threw me for a loop because it was cold and soft. soft. What? I, I it did throw me off. So 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 I went to the you know I, I ate around the edges, went to the center, tore it off, ate it, and then I just thank had to, you. I, you have to eat the edges and then get to the middle. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a journey. It's kind of like you know the old tussie pop, right? You just can't and go at it. You gotta no you got You gotta kind of how many licks does it take? You, right. you gotta eat the edges. You gotta earn the center. It's like a brownie. Some people like start with the center. No, no, you gotta earn your way to that gooiness. You can't just jump right all in. That's that's unfair. That's disrespectful to the cookie. I uh, I've noticed I do the same thing with pop tarts randomly. I haven't had really? a pop, haven't had a pop tart in fifteen years, and the wife brings home raspberry pop tarts. Found out I reignited my addiction to pop tarts and fell in love with raspberry. I, I had no idea. But I go the outside and then the, the middle. It's a, it's a it's a it's a journey, man. Like like. It's it's a food experience unlike any other when you have these edge type foods. It's like 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 the other day I never forget me and my edge niece. type foods. Yeah, I love I, the I edge foods, it. right? Because but but hold up, the other day we went to some pancake house in in in, in what's it Springs, and my niece. Oh oh gosh, uh, Black Bear Black Bear Diner Black Bear Diner. Yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can say that. Uh, they're not a paid endorser of this podcast. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> nobody is. It's nobody. good. We're good. <laughs> so Black Bear Diner, we go there. My niece ordered these gigantic pancakes. And I was like, oh, so delicious. And then she proceeds to just cut a big hole in the middle of the pancake. And and I was like, what the heck is going on here? I had, We had to stop. I had to stop. I had to pause breakfast and have a moment there where we had to talk about this. Like, this is... <laughs> This this is blasphemous right now. You're 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 literally ruining a perfectly good pancake. But that was her her thing. But what's the thought process? I have first off, she's 19. There is no thought process. Yeah, there ain't no thinking so, going on in 19. So 19, like it, it, you know, I always tell people these prime number birthdays are, are just going to be the death of humans, right? Like 19, 23s, 27s, because you really got nothing to reward yourself with. And so I just think you just lost for that year. That's a lost year. Yeah. So no offense to anybody that's about to turn up, you know, don't. It's a joke. Uh. Don't, don't don't send all this hate mail. Like he's against nineteen year olds. I am not against nineteen year olds. I, I'm against most nineteen year olds. Yeah, because they're crazy. Yeah, they're not designed. It doesn't matter the generation. Yep. Doesn't matter if you're right. millennial, baby boomer. At nineteen, you're a weird. Hey, just, just I call got it out of that is. weakness when I turned twenty. I was in the same boat that they are in right now. Like it's I was prime stupid birthdays. Too. Yeah. Prime birthdays are the worst. So anyway. I'm asking her, what are you doing? She's like, I don't really, I don't really like the edges. They get a little hard. Like, I like to just go in the middle. And literally, she just proceeds to cut a hole in the middle, plug it out, and go. And I, I, I don't know. But, I, but I there's so much wasted cry. middle around the outside when I you do like, that. Just, and then, well, how do you know when the edge is the edge, right? How do you, how do, where's the transfer happening? You've got to start at the edge to feel your way through it. You and I would be best friends for life. How do you eat a pizza, you eat a pizza? with my hands? <laughs> in my mouth like I pick it up and just like put it in my mouth no alright you, you, okay, you do yeah, have a point there you got a point there that but let's I've stuff crust and then I do I will start from the edge or or if it's okay. New York style if it's New York style I will fold it and then I will fold it again like a burrito dang near and I will eat it that way I'm weird like that I'm gonna get I'm gonna get completely honest I will eat all but like the last probably third of the pizza 
I'll flip it around and eat the crust, yes! and I'll have the middle left. That's I swear on everything, that's how I eat my pizza. So, I'll start at the little part, start working my way back, get about a third left, switch it, get the crust gone, and then dive into the middle. Well, mine is a little weird. If, if I, this so, is the dumbest conversation ever. Bro, this, this is where the magic <laughs> it's happens. It's real. It's real. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> randomly enough, I would... I w- like if I'm getting Papa John's, you know they have that, like that garlic cheese dipping sauce, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. I've been known to take a pizza cutter and cut the around and then turn the edge into breadsticks and then may or may not leave the rest of the pizza there. Uh. Which my wife then gets mad. She's like, "Why the heck would you just order breadsticks? It's like, who wants who wants to cheat? You know, get the I, full Monty, right? I feel like you don't eat a lot of pizza though. I, I or don't cookies or pop tarts no. or any of this junk. And I say that because. Man, I hate to say this, but I should I should have put a disclaimer on this podcast. Nobody that's more jacked than me should be on this podcast because I get nah. I get envious, man. Nah. Well, here's the deal. I do work out religiously in a lot. Like it's my it's my religion, it's yep. my it's my it's my sanity. It's, it's the one place that I can go where it's you don't have to worry about work. You're not and, and you I can, can shut I can, everything I can off. Shut everything off because otherwise I will hurt myself. And so you gotta kind of focus, right? And and I've been in that pursuit of fitness pretty much since I played college football, grew up playing sports all the time, went on to play college football, left there and really got lost. And you know, I got into triathlon for a while, realized that Really? Dude, I was in a triathlon huge. That's hard. Yeah, it was it was hard. If you're specifically, I'm working for WWE and trying to do triathlon Ironmans at that at the same time, and it was just hard because it was hard to find an open pool in Laredo, Texas, on a random Tuesday while you're on the road, and so it, it just became to the point where I just wasn't able to keep up with the training because of that, and so then that's how I got into CrossFit, and the only reason I got into CrossFit randomly enough is uh, Seth Rollins, uh, Kobe, a good friend of mine, made a bet that I couldn't be him in an open. I didn't, but I got into it. <laughs> And and then the CrossFit community just lined up well for the touring world because there's always a box. When I go somewhere, we can go to that CrossFit box. I can dive, dive in. The community welcomes you. And when you have Seth Rollins making a call for you, you kind of get free and a whole bunch of perks. And so I just kept that up. And and, and now, you know, with, with PBR and we're in a different city, I call ahead, find me a box like I did today, went over to CrossFit DTO, got in, got my session and kept going. And that has now been, you know, for the last four four and a half years i've been at it pretty strong really so you, you've only been doing the crossfit that long yeah well, well really as my own right right, right. yeah as, it's, it's just quote-unquote crossfit yeah just yeah. crossfit but yeah about probably like the last four years i've really got into it a little bit up and down you yeah. know based on workflows and whatnot but it, it's it's easy man you're in and out in 20 30 sometimes an hour at the most and i get everything i need for that day you know who else is into the triathlon and the iron man i'm sure you already know this but hummer Craig Hummer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you're a Baywatch right? lifeguard. You right. Ever see, Only you know, guy I know that's ever been on Baywatch. Right. right. And so, but but yeah, it, it, but, but you, you hit it on the head, man. It's like, it's just hard, but I love the triathlon. It's just, it's, it's you versus you. It's the only sport where you got to get out there. You're swimming a mile and a half. You're about to bike 56 to 112 miles and run a half marathon to a full marathon. And it's just you versus you. I always talk crap on CrossFit. I, I mean, mainly because I don't want to do it because it's too much work for me. It it's is too a much lot of work. It's too much moving. I like to pick things up, put them down, maybe get on Stairmaster, go real slow for 30 minutes, just eat up part of my day just to you know keep my head clear or whatever. I need to start doing more uh, of those type of workouts to get in better shape. But I love like the community. Not because yeah. uh, uh, there's not that competition really, but it's constant motivation and pushing each other and it's very welcoming like i mean it's everything that a lot of people think gyms quote unquote 
are are not. It's right. very inviting, very inclusive, yeah. very come on, let's go. I'm gonna help you make yourself better. It's nothing like when I go to a CrossFit boxing and we're doing a workout or whatever, and these people will go through their workout, finish, and then you have that last two or three people, and then they go rally around yep. them just and, and, and start, you know, giving them motivation and clapping them up. Disclaimer, if I am finishing last in the workout that we're competing at, do not come clap for me. Do not. I will I will say something offensive and everybody will be mad. But for those that need that motivation, I'm all about that. And and and, and I've never been to a CrossFit box where I left like, oh, there were buttholes. Every time it's yeah. like, hey man, how long you're in town? You wanna go grab coffee? You want us to show you around the city? Anything that we can do for you? And that that's what keeps me actually more committed to CrossFit than anything. It's not the workout. Who wants to go pay to suffer? Yeah, it really right. is. I want to go pay just to be a part of a good community that I can't find anywhere else. Yeah, I uh, I'm kind of like that mindset too. Like if uh, if I'm having a bad day or I miss a lift or I don't get somewhere, don't tell me it's going to be okay. Just no, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Just let, let me, me do my thing. In it. Yep, I'll I'll figure it out on my own. Like I'm good. But if you need a pat on the back, I'll be the first one to do it. Just Everybody responds it differently, I, and I I'm just I'm too competitive. I, 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 and, and most people see it as help. I see it as pity, right? Yeah. But but some people need that help, and it's not pity for them. It's all about the you know the eye of the beholder. But when it's for me, when it comes towards me, I see it as pity. Absolutely. When it's going out, I see it completely as let me help you. But you got it. But you get. But your expectation of of what you can and can't do is higher than that of others. Yeah, I mean, you know, right. if we're you and I were going to sit down and do. Probably I'm unrealistic you. in my own mind. But I'm, I'm completely not. realistic <laughs> to everybody else. I I, I I try to think that I can do things that. Aren't realistic. Yeah, I I I set myself up for failure every day. Yeah. Like, it's just a mindset for me yep. too. Like if you don't like for me, I'll wake up. I used to live by this whole adage of you, you get two percent better every day. Moore's law of seventy two. Then you, I'm sorry, rule of seventy two is. But then a month's time, you'll be a brand new person. Right. It's just one of those things I, I subscribe to. So every day, I just want to get better. Same. And same thing in workout and fitness. Right. If yesterday I did three hundred and fifteen, in your case, probably five hundred pound bench press. <laughs> uh, the hey, next day. Pounds all year. <laughs> I haven't done five hundred pounds if I combine all total. my lifts yeah, together. Exa- my total. Exactly right. So, but but if you know, but but in my brain, if I commit myself to it, I can get there, right? And, and if I don't, then I'm a failure in my brain. But that's also the reason that you're a success at what you're doing. Megan's a success at what she does, and I, I like to consider myself a success at what I do right. because you're always trying to get better. Your competitive nature comes from being an athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah, my competitive nature comes from I was an athlete, you know, through school and everything, but then I turned into a total fat kid. I, and <laughs> yeah, so my competitive I, sense is no longer about my ability to do certain things. It's about my ability to change my body to not look like I did when I was twenty two years old. That's that's where it's at right now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think, but you found your why. Yeah, like, that's right. At the end of the day, right. man, like that's how, and when it comes to the fitness thing, if you define and, and really truly hone in on your why you're doing this, the fitness journey becomes something totally different than punishment. I think so many people get into it with all the wrong whys. I want to fit into a dress. I want to look good for this. I got a photo shoot coming up. And at that point, it's punishment. Where I was about to die at 22 years old. Yes. I was so out of shape. My you were out of shape? My, I was 300 pounds. Holy when I, smokes. Yeah, when I graduated high school, I was between 190 and 2. You know, at, at the most, I'd hit 201 in school, like playing baseball, things like that. Playing basketball consistently. And I was a, I was a stocky kid. I was not fat, but 190 to 195. 
95. When I was running every day and doing those types of things, never hit the gym, never worked out. It was all huh. running. I was just built different. Yeah. My, I, I went to college uh, after about three, four years of college. When I'm 22 years old, my roommate comes home, drops a bathroom scale down, and I stepped on it, 298.8 pounds. Moved home that day and joined a gym. I had done nothing but lay around on the couch, eat, do other social activities like, you know, go see my friends in different establishments that didn't have books, things like that. Um, I didn't even know that you were studying Oklahoma State University. I just realized about a year ago actually has classrooms there. I thought it was just a row of bars and, and fast food places. But I, I went to a football game, and I was like, what the hell are all these buildings? Here? Like, yeah, these are the classrooms. They've been here for 100 years. <laughs> no, not. That's the library. What? Okay. Ooh, what's in there? Yeah. What, what's that? I, I've never seen this side of campus this, before. This whole, this whole campus thing is beautiful. I, I had to get over here more in, often. I had to sneak in through the other side of campus at different times till I was 21. But, but I just completely wasted my life. Yeah. And, and it was like, but I do think we go through things like that to help other people. Yes. And I think that's where it's helped me. Yeah, well, you know, I look at that and, 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 and what you just described, and I try to change my mindset a little bit to just say it wasn't, it, you know, people always look at it as like peaks and valley or, yeah. or, 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 you know, hard times and easy times. I don't think I didn't know. It's just there's learning opportunities and there's mastering opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And you went through a learning opportunity and just happened to, you know, add 100 pounds to your life. But it was you learning, you know, having to go through what it is to to live with that. And then the other learning opportunity was you shedding that weight and and, 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 mm-hmm. and coming in, mastering it now to be something better. And that that's a firm thing. But the cool thing about it is that I I love that you you recognized it and yeah. and that's and you probably and you surround yourself with people you join a gym you did the right thing and there's so many people that 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 just don't hit to have that that realization that moment in the mirror was like whoa that really is me they just they keep getting masked and I always tell they got bad friends too because you know if you, they're your peeps. Yep, they'll be like, "Yo, man, they really care about you." They really cared about you. They'll be like, "Yo, man, you you know, you, you do realize that you have now thrown away all of your high school clothes, and now you are wearing, you know, big and tall things." And and they'll tell you that. Yeah. Probably some my friends will tell me that in a more blunt way, but yeah. you know, you just don't. Have, you got to surround yourself with people that want the best for you. Yeah. And I'm happy that you finally realized. And I think it's all so much mindset too, yes. because I, I think everything we do in life is mindset. Because when I look back at it now, like even the worst times of my life were good times. Oh, they were yes. great times because when I was 300 pounds, man, I was living a great life. Yeah. I loved every day of my life. Yeah. I mean, I ate whatever I wanted to. I didn't go to class. So I had free days to go do whatever I wanted to do, hang with my friends. Like, like they weren't, I wasn't sitting there sulking about how right. horrible my life was. They were great times. I just had a, a realization and a change of mindset that mm, I, I want different. I want better. You and, know what and I mean? Then you went after it. Yep. That's awesome. Man. That's right. That's, that's 300 pounds. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. Yeah, for my for my size, for your frame. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not six four. If I was six four, six five, you're NFL, different. You're a linebacker. Yeah, at that that's point. right. I got a man. whole different life yeah. going on right I mean, now. At this point, you're like a plug guard. You know, speaking <laughs> of whole different lives, I feel like you've probably lived twenty different lives. Yeah, because we talk about. Um, you mentioned you played college athletics. Tell me where. Okay, first of all, I want to start with this. Anybody ever ask you what this means? Where does the name Koshe come from? Ah, good question. So my mom tells me it translates to King of the Jungle. Okay. I think she really just told me that it was a confident booster. I really just blame it on the epidural. She was high as a kite. <laughs> 
And she was like, hey, all right, guys, let's go, Coachay. And then uh, that, that name stuck. And but but so I've been using that, one, but it also translates to like uh, layers of being and everything else. And it also is like the Korean Occupational Safety Hazard Association. So, oh my God. I, I've, so the funny if you ever had one, like, I, I Google my name all the time. There's like thir- there's like, there, so funny enough. There's like 13 coches in the world, right? Um, and one of them is a rapper, Kosha Deals. I don't know why she chose that name, but that, do your thing. It's a female. It's yeah, go do really? your thing. She's actually really good. I mean, you know, whatever, but. Uh, but you've it, never met another Cochet. Never met another Cochet. There's You're like the only 13 one of us in the world. And so randomly enough, somebody on Facebook, of course, found all the Cochets in the world. We have this birthday group, right? Where where every, it's the funniest thing. It's like we Grandma's all, Book Club. Yes. And so we all like wish each other happy birthday. Randomly, it's the weirdest thing. But anyway, so, so it, it, yeah. So suppose I use King of the Jungle Lion. I think it's like the coolest thing. Plus it helped me, you know, in my pickup game was strong with that. You know, what does Cochet mean? King of the Jungle. What do you think about that? Pickup game was strong. Uh, so yeah, then you know, but, but you know, but then you, it, the names come out. So it's like, all right, you got queso, crochet, cash, uh, queso dip, and it's like, all right, crochet without the R. You, you, but what's you, the worst? Somebody's messed up your name. Oh hell! Uh, I, so the worst, the worst is I never forget. I'm in a box office with a with a, with a box office manager, and this box office manager is hating kosher hating kosha is this and blah 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 and he wants to go on sale and it's stupid and blah 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 i wish i can see her in her face and so i was like and literally she's telling this to me i don't know who she thought i was but she was like if you see kosha you tell her i really well hi my name is Cochet. I think I'm the one you're referring to. I just want to introduce myself. And I will never forget the look on her face was one of those precious things. But the, the biggest thing is not necessarily the, 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 the enunciation well, t- of my- Well, this is time out. Uh, How does she react? Oh. Does she like random herself? I never forget. She, she crapped herself and then literally says, literally says, Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler. And I was like, what Wait, the hell what? does that have to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> like, like what the what what does that even mean? I never forget. So then she That is deflect. That was deflect. Like, Go uh, a different direction. I'm exit stage left. And so anyway, uh and and Steve Rubin never hears this podcast, he's gonna crack up because he was in the room with you when that story happened. But anyway, awesome. so usually it's not necessarily most people get it right. It's just gonna be kosha, kasha, something yeah. like that. The, it's a feminine type name because I don't, you know, it's a, it's an A on the end. And so most people think I'm a female and, and that's usually where it is. I walk in and I was like, Oh, okay. This, I read this all wrong. Um, and you know, now with Googling things, people can get a little bit of an advance with the headshots and whatnot, but that's, that was usually the biggest issue was they thought I was female. And I guess for me, there was a lot of, Hey, have you met Cochet? You guys are going to hit it off. Like, have you met Cochet? You're going to love this dude. Hey, have you met Cochet? Like you guys are going to be friends. Like, so I had a lot of, who the hell is this guy? Like I, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. And, and then they were right. Like, I think I think the first time we met or second time we met, we were talking lighting grids and all the things yes. that we could do. Like, I, I constantly, you have a great mind, and I feel like you constantly want to make things better. Yeah. I mean, I just love tinkering, right? Yeah. And, 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 and one of the things that, if you look at my career, either or in my life, I just want to leave things better than I found right. it, right? And, or 
and selfishly and egotistically, I want to set a bar so high that whoever follows behind me has to step their game up. Yeah. You just can't come in and coach, right? Um, and so I think that in everything that you do or every opportunity that you attack, quote unquote, you should go in with a mindset of how can I make this thing better than I found yep. it? And if you don't, Vince McMahon, and I live with this quote to, to this day, told, he sat us down in a meeting one time and he lives by this mantra, which if you ever hang around Vince and you hang around the company, you understand why the company is as great as it is. It's you treat every day like it's your first day on the job. Mm-hmm. What would you change? And every day. So if you come in and you make that change yesterday, but realize there's a better way to do it, make that change. Yep. And people think that, you know, that constant state of motion is detrimental because you got to lock in on a course and focus. No, you don't. Yeah. You got to lock in on a course of success and trying to build upon more success. Yeah. And and that's that that's just how I'm wired, man. I just can't come in and look at something and sit complacent, right? Uh, I want to come in and say, how can I take whatever it is to that next level, whether it's being a father, whether it's being a marketer, whether it's being a promoter, whether it's being an athlete, whether mm-hmm. it's being a friend, uncle, whatever it is, if you're not trying to take your 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 game, your level to that next level, then you're wasting your time. I like that you said that because it coincides with some maybe the best piece of advice I ever got, other than the whole take pictures everywhere you go with everybody and and you know to have those memories was treat everybody like they own the company. Yes, everybody. Yes, from the first person you see when you walk in the building, the as a security guard to the person sweeping the floors to the person sitting in an office to the suits to the orange vest everybody treat everybody like they own the company so when i was with wwe we got into this, this we had we had a young guy connor connor the bruiser like connor connor's cures yeah big, oh yeah 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 big yeah. thing and so while we were in pittsburgh one time we went to the children's hospital let me tell you something every one of those videos i've ever seen with connor in it i, I still to this connor day cry sure is yep. awesome so still to this day cry he uh, to, to this day I, I get goosebumps thinking about it but anyway i i do this is a life-changing moment for me so we're, we're we're walking into the um to the children's hospital in pittsburgh and uh there was a gentleman there and the gentleman was 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 mopping the floor then he puts the mop bucket up and go on. And one of our guys just didn't see him put the mop bucket up, right? And, and just didn't see him with the mop bucket and didn't pay attention. And he was like, hey, my name is, and I won't say his name. And he was like, my name is, uh, what's your name? And the guy said his name. And he says, oh, what do you do? And he says, I cure cancer. And uh, uh, Connor know, says this. Yeah. So, And he's, what at the time? He was like six, six seven. He's just like, I cure cancer. And, 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 um, you know, you look at this guy and I'm like, this guy's in a, you know, a janitorial uniform. He has a mop bucket beside him. And he, in his mind, he's curing cancer. And, and it goes back to that quote. And every time I think about that, I think that, you know, so often we overlook the dishwashers or the laborers of the world or the people that just make things happen. But at the end of the day, they laid a foundation of a, of a place that's, that's free and clear of, of hazardous materials that allow for a doctor to go in and, right. and a safe environment right. to do that, to allow for these very smart people to go in and figure out the research that gets us toward that. But at the end of the day, it starts with a sterile environment. And that stuck with me. Like, I never forget. I walked out and I, I went and got in the rental car. We were in Pittsburgh and we had a show in Pittsburgh that night. And I this is one of the first times I realized that I was maturing as a human and as a man because I got in the car and I thought about that story and just broke down crying. 
like just just literally started crying because you start to think of how you've overlooked certain people in the world, the, the cooks and and everybody. And you're just like, no, man, like they 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 are owners in this experience. They are owners in trying to, to put the forth the best. And I, I translate that now to the crew. And as you know, I'm the biggest prankster and, and jokester around. And but every day I come up and, and, and one of the things I learned from WWE that I transfer everywhere is I come up everybody, I greet everybody, shake their hand, what's up, yep. and you treat them like they're Everybody from Sean to our our, our our back pain guys. And I at the end of every show, whoever I see on the way out, I want to say thank you because Same. without them, we can't exist. And it doesn't matter how tall, if you're Sean, the CEO with the visionary and the great ideas or our back pain guy, you all play a role in this ecosystem. That's critical. <laughs> I wish I had a dollar for every random conversation I've had with a security guard on the way out of a building. Right. Just since Megan and I have been together, like walking out of a building and and ended up stopping and having a really great conversation with somebody that was just there to take your ticket, do whatever. But because we said thank you, you know, thanks for a great weekend or see you next year, you know, or just, hey, how was your day? Things like that. Like people care. And, and that's how it should it be. Yep. People respond to positivity. Like I've yet, you know, I've yet to actually try to be positive toward a person and they're like, screw you, get away. Oh, I have. You know what I mean? No, I haven't. Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. it's just, and so I, I try to spread that, man. Like, you know, and don't get me wrong. There are people that are, that are just evil. But right. majority of the time, most people are good. They're just having a bad day. That's and, right. And that, if you explain, if you can understand that and get to the bottom of that then you know the world is going to be a lot of places i think that you know it just goes you and i talk about this all the time it's just people shut you down because they may be having a rough moment in their life and sometimes it's incumbent upon you to pry to try to help that person through sometimes and we just talked about this when i'm having you know if i'm if i'm on a back squad and i'm last place you know at that point let me get through it and then we'll figure it out and and, and astute people can recognize that some people can and it becomes prying and i right. become annoying but I, I would rather for you to be annoying than not care. Right. You know? <laughs> well, and we, we've talked a lot about WWE, but I also know you've done some other things. You were in football. Let's yeah. go back. Let's go back to the very beginning. Where'd you grow up? How'd you grow up? Oh, man. Uh, so I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. Okay. Um, I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. And from K through eight, I was in pretty much a different school, different city every year. My mom got into real estate Okay. Um, kind of young. And so uh, we were moving around a lot. Was so, that hard? I loved it, and, really? but I wouldn't put it on my daughter. Here's okay. why. Um, I, I So from K through eight, all the way up, to, ninth grade was, ninth grade through 12th grade was the longest stint that I had like in the same city. We still moved around a lot because of our business, but it was, a long, it was a, the longest stint of four years. Outside of college in Memphis, which would be five years. Um, I loved it and hated it. I love for the fact that I don't have an accent. I don't have a, 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 a fear of going into an unknown city. Um, and, and, but, but I hate it because I don't have a childhood friend, right? You know, like, you know how even somebody who's growing right. up in the same city just kind of got, that's my guy. My, most of my childhood friends in theory came through college football or whatever. But let me explain something to you. I grew up in a really small town. I still live in that small town, you know, almost 40 years later, none of those people are in my life. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and you go through high school and you think high school, man, these are the people that, man, we're going to be dogs. together forever. And then sophomore year of college, you're like, what was that kid's name? <laughs> and then, and then, and then you graduate college and you move on, you get into the work field. And like, I still have friends from college that when we see each other and like, we were super close, yeah. like we're still the same but it happens like once every six months, or maybe even once every two or three years. But you pick up where you left. But off. But you pick up where you left off. Yeah. But but like pre college, there ain't a whole lot of that. 
Nah, for me. But and, and, and it's, for me, it's more, not necessarily the friends portion of that. It's just that, you know, like when people say where's home now, it's, I can say yeah. Nashville home. Okay. Um, Just because that's just where I, yeah, I went to high school there, spent four years there, and that's kind of where I keep a house to this day. Uh, but like- uh, you know, it's just it's just hard because I don't I don't really have that right. Yeah. But but I but I wouldn't trade it for the world because I think it allowed for me to see that there was more out there. Um, the the greatest gift my mother ever gave me outside of life. Let's let's not mistake that. But the greatest <laughs> gift that she ever gave me was the outlook of that there's always more out there if you just go look for it, right? And and, and she was that. I mean, my mom. I talk about this all the time. Is my mom had when she was 16. She was a victim of rape, and and and, and the first decision she, like I said, gave me life as 16 year old sophomore in college. I mean, sophomore in high school. You're like, wait a minute, I got to drop a kid off in Meridian, Mississippi, in the right. 70s. That's a right. That's a heavy load, right? So to do that and then keep proceeding and 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 to then say, okay, I want this kid to be able to see the world. Meridian, Mississippi is not going to be this kid's boundary so it gave me that outlook and so that's why I look at it and I say that I'm thankful for it you know because then otherwise I probably still be Meridian right now not having this podcast not being the CMO of PBR not doing something else it'd be totally different right and I, I got to give her credit for that anyway but long story uh, I try to make shorter now is so we, we did that I didn't end up moving to Nashville went to high school in Nashville left there got recruited went to the University of Memphis played football there got my undergraduate MBA while I was at Memphis in what I got MBA in marketing got my undergraduate exercise sports science at okay. one point I was going to be a sports med doctor or orthopedic surgeon I realized that blood was not my thing so gotcha. the whole surgery thing was gotcha. just not going to yep. work out for yep. me yep. out um, you know and so I, I left there uh, took a job at Conference USA which at the time was located in in, in Chicago, Illinois, uh, left there, went to go work for Dell Computer Corp as an analyst for a year, realized that I hated being 25661, which is my employee number. Yep. Um, and the 20 some odd million dollars that our unit did that year paled in comparison to the $4 billion a company did. And I've got to assume it was much more of a nine to five kind of. Yeah, it was yeah. nine to five Same straight every up day. every day. But, but you know, you were just crunching numbers. I was a sales analyst. So I was like, okay, how can I help my team make more money? And then, so I left there, went to St. See, Louis. I don't strike you as a guy that just wants to sit in front of a computer. Which is why I left numbers all the time yeah yeah it just didn't work like it it just got boring got mundane and and it was there so I left there went to go work for St. Louis University started my career in college athletics worked in college athletics for about 10 years and then my next moves become a director of athletics but I also realized at the time that I was not mentally prepared for that poor you know because I didn't want to get that call of my daughter got caught drinking Beer in the dorm. How are you going to deal with it? I just not mm-hmm. wasn't ready for that, yeah. right? Or uh, you know, we got to go and support women's soccer, and you got to deal with Title Nine issues. Right? Or it's just, it's just I wasn't. They were great and worthwhile causes. It just wasn't my just maturity. Not in the right headspace. Not in the right headspace right. to manage that. And so, and that's okay. And it's okay. We we right? live in a society right now where if if you're not in that space, then something's wrong with you. No, no. Like just just let me like like for me, it was always well. Why aren't you married? You you're gonna have to settle down someday. Look, I'm not ready. I'm not in the right mind space. I didn't find the right person yet. And then once everything comes together, boom. Okay, that's now fine. I'm good to go. Let's let's do this. I I it, so it leads to a bigger conversation though about like just societal norms right and how we you know like I, I was telling somebody this today and i was like you know we you know, a lot of people are just brainwashing and thinking this is what i have to do because this is what i was told to do and it's like no it's not necessarily the case you got to do what's right for you at that specific time with the data that you have and so left there uh so i left dale go work for st louis university started in college athletics did that made it all the way to georgia state and each one of those opportunities were great but then i left georgia state to go work for wwe 
coolest decision I ever made because there was like, let me get this straight. You're going to leave a, like a state job and, 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 and benefits and all this to go now move all the way across the country to LA to go start up this West Coast operation for WWE, this touring company that's crazy with guys that lather themselves in baby oils and beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> that's what you're going to do? Yep. Yep. And so it was an easy decision. So I did that, and it was probably the best decision of my life. That company allowed for me to see five of the continents of the world. I've probably been, I've been to every state, put on shows in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Melbourne, China, uh, you name a arena in the world. I was there just because yep. we were touring. We were doing 600 nights a year. Yep. And so we were, I was staying on the road, 250, 300 nights a year. But but it also taught me everything I needed to know about production, marketing, branding, uh, talent representation, everything you can think of. It, it, was a, it was basically a PhD in how to run a touring company because they're just one of the best. Right. They get it. Um, so then I, let, I always, I tell, I beg our guys to go buy a ticket and sit and watch a WWE event. It's amazing. From, from the time the doors open until the time they kick you out of the building. Cause there's so much that happens. They're pre-show elements. You can set like for me, I set, look at lighting grids. I'm looking yeah. at what these guys are doing, what this guy's doing, what the stage is doing. The colors are changing constantly. They're getting ready for the next TV show during the show. It, it, it is what it is. It's a taping. And as soon as the show's over the crew that's back in there, and it reminds me a lot of our crew. They've, just got a lot more guys um but it's but it's immediate yeah it's down and to the next one it takes us it was about it takes us in well, it takes us uh it takes them i gotta say them now uh about 10 hours to get it up and about four hours to strike and go and keep in mind you're moving anywhere between 23 and 26 trucks per show down up and down the, the road uh moving yeah. on so we did that loved every minute of it uh vince kd Everybody I got a chance to work with there on the production, live event, promotion side, just allowed me to come into their kitchen and learn. And, and that was the best experience ever. Left there to go start a football team with the Alliance of American Football, which in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, okay. so I went to Memphis. And the reason being- it, The it, Alliance. The Alliance, yeah. Gotcha. So okay. it for me, it was, you know, everybody was like, why didn't you wait for the XFL? I was like, because XFL didn't have a team in Memphis. Like Memphis, it taught me the game of football. It gave me so many opportunities. So for me to be able to go back and lead an opportunity to bring professional football, which is a, a longstanding goal of Memphis was to get it up and running, to be the front man for that or, or, or to be the president of that team was a no-brainer. Yeah. So I gave up. Once again, you got this great job. You got all these stock options. You, you know, the company loves you. They let you kind of do what you want to do. And you're going to give that up to go to a startup football league? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, I sure am because that's what I want to do. So we did that. Got into it where we ran out of some 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 seed money because our, our chief investor decided he wanted to go and do some embezzlement schemes. Long story short, thanks, Reggie, for not being able to hold up to your end of the bargain. That was a shot at Reggie. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> I don't know Reggie, but I'd whip his ass. <laughs> oh, I want if, if I ever see Reggie, once he gets out of the penitentiary in the streets, there might be some repercussions. I hope I don't see Reggie anytime soon. <laughs> so, I, good point. Yeah. I, I hope I, I don't see him what? anytime soon. If I don't soon. see you, that means that the justice all system good. worked. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, we, we got out of So, I, I ended up getting out of that. I got into consulting world uh, and then just realize that I am an entrepreneur at heart, but I am too lazy to start a business. So it is, it is, I start other people's businesses. And so end up hooking up with Sean Gleason, talked about an opportunity he had. How, how'd you guys meet? 
randomly enough, we got connected. Uh, one of the people that uh, at PBR knew me, they knew what I was doing. Sean was trying to expand uh, Global Cup World Finals gotcha. and just do some good things. Say, hey, you two should talk. Ended up coming in. Um, for, we talked. They flew me to, never forget, uh, I flew to, to Pueblo. I'm in a shirt and tie, and I'm all buttoned up. I walk in, and these guys are in T-shirt and jeans. I'm like, this is where I want to be. Yep. Flat out. This yep. is, I don't know. So I, this is this is where I want to be. So we end up talking. Sean I was and prepared I hit it off. for something different. No, but I'm ready. For I'm this. ready for this. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna go just to kind of go through the you know whatever. They're cowboys. I don't know. It's not my. Right. But I also had the same thing about WWE. And you know, eight years later, I'm, I'm still I was still kicking it. Um. So uh, walked in, sit, sat down, and just hit it off with him. Like we both cool. think the same way. We both have the same aggressions, and 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 we both have the same aggressive style. Uh, we both want to be better. And and when I heard that, I heard the vision of where he wants to take PBR. I was like, you know what? I want to be a part of this ride. And, and so um, ended up hooking up with PBR and been around now, it seems like 40 years when you bake in COVID, but it's only been roughly a year and a half. I was going to say, you, you show up just in time to welcome COVID. Yeah. So let, let me take you through my 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 time yeah. at PBR, right? Starting, we'll call this sub, uh, sub, uh, October, November. Right. Um Come in. I was going to oversee kind of world finals, global cup, just help out here and there, do some other things. Uh, Ellen leaves. So then I get this bump to like CMO. So I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. Got all these things. Go through January. I'm now, you know, learning my way around, trying to figure out right hand versus left hand deliveries and what the hell is a session break, a section break is. And why is an event and a performance two different terms in this world? Right, so right, I had to right. learn all, yep. a lot of these things. So then finally get there. And then, you know, Friday, March 13th, the world comes crashing down. And so we're like, whoa. So now we're navigating through that. And I keep in mind, I'm just inheriting this unit. Yeah. So we're going through that for the summer. Uh, and that's kind of been, you know, the time. So I've always been operating in this role under duress. And, and so I'm looking for this peacetime agenda. Please, let's get there so I can finally yep. start breathing, being a visionary versus every now and again trying to go around the country beating up health administrators because they won't let me bring our product to their state. But take me back to, take me back to the beginning of June when mm -hmm. we show up in Las Vegas. Because I saw you kind of have the same moment I did a couple of times. I don't think we ever talked about it, but like I found myself just standing in that little curtained off area that was a made for TV. It was a sound stage. Yeah. It was a studio, a TV studio, and just kind of looking around, going, "Holy crap! Like we're doing something the rest of the world didn't do it." Well, we I had that moment going back even before Monster Energy Team Challenge was when we did when we figured out Guthrie. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was it was it was that was the B cowboy way. And that's why I realized I was in the right place. I made the right decision to come to PBR Yeah, because it, it and, and I look at this and I compare Sean to Vince. Like, like, like when I, when I, when I look at that here, here's why, you know, here's, here's why not necessarily for the wrestling chops and telling stories. It's not the thing. It's two totally different businesses. I bet Sean sleeps more than Vince does. Vince, Vince is a machine. Like I tell people this all the time and I love Vince McMahon to death because I think he's a genius, but I wouldn't be surprised Same. that the day that he, the day that he passes like a little machine, uh, like his forehead opens up <laughs> and a little bit of alien flies out like men in black and goes in someone's. Like, I like, hope he donates his brain to oh, science. I mean, the dude's a flat out genius. Like, oh my God. I tell you the funniest story about Vince is one day we were going in and we were, uh, we, were we have to present like, you know, event numbers, forecasts mm -hmm. and whatnot. And you would think that at his age, you know, these numbers start to slip and yeah. whatnot and so I have more spreadsheets than the law should allow when we're going into this meeting and and you know as I'm rambling off a, a show count from 1996 in Tacoma Washington he's 
remembering it. Keep yeah. in mind, they yeah. do 600 shows a year. And probably since the 90s, let's call it, I don't know, 12, 15, 16, 2,000 some odd shows that have probably occurred between now and then. And he can remember Tacoma, Washington's numbers in the 90s. Think about that. And, and yeah. so so you look at that. But but Sean's Rain Man like that too in his own way. But the thing that, that the, the two... When I knew that you're cut from the same cloth is when you look at when the world shut down, when everything was gone and everything shut down, you look mm-hmm. at the first two companies back. Yeah. PBR, WWE. Yep. Now, I'm the, you know, kind of like to say I picked good people to work for. Uh, but you look at it like like they're built that same way where uh no is just not an answer. Yeah. It just it just isn't, right? With Sean, he's just saying no is just not an acceptable answer. Everybody else in the world gave up. They right. said, okay, we'll quit. You know, tell us when we can come back yeah. to work. But it's a whole different mentality. You're not going to tell me when we can come back. We're going to figure out we'll how figure to make this work. There, because it's not, nobody is saying that the world is coming to an end. They're just saying we got to figure out better ways to operate. That's right. And that's, but that's, that's, that's the genius. <laughs> that's the, 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 the foundation of business. Right. Like that's literally step one of business is find a way to be more efficient. So we did it. So we decided we, we you know we we do project Project Red Dawn, which eventually turned into Guthrie, and then we leave Guthrie and we go to Las Vegas. If you look at the Las Vegas thing, you can see you know I, I designed that set, and if you think it looks something like my previous company, it does. Uh, I walked in and was like, oh, <laughs> this is what I've been dying to see for years. Wait like, till you see, so cool. So we we do that, then we go on to Sioux Falls, and then the rest has been history. And so now we're, we we are to this point now we're getting we're getting to what I call PBR 20, 2020 and beyond it started back mm-hmm. then COVID hit yeah. so it's now 21 and beyond but we're looking at those same things how do we reinvent ourselves how do we reimagine a product I mean my job is, as a CMO of this company is to do two things one create memorable experiences that we can scale mm-hmm. two share with anybody who wants to listen the product offering that we have that's yeah. it I'm a chief promoter and a chief experience creator that's what I have to do and so my goal is to try to for everybody, not just our crew and our athletes and our fans, but for everybody that 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 that's in our ecosystem to have a great experience with the product. And if I can monetize the transfer of that from one to the other, so be it. But that that's the business that we're in, and we want to make it better because at the end of the day, that's that's our goal. Yeah, and, and, and with everything, it's to get bigger, to get better, to get more efficient, to put more money in in everybody's pockets, to build eyeballs. And that was my biggest thing that I think that you. Um, and I kind of connected on was like, how do we make everybody else in the world see this right. Like right away? Like, okay, how do we get more eyeballs involved? And that's the one thing that I think has hurt, not just PBR, but like Western industry as a whole, it's, it's been a continuation and, and it continues to get better every year. But it's like me, I, w- I want all of our guys to to sign a million dollar contract when they get to the level. I'm selfish that way. I want to see all these guys just sign contracts and, and, and be taken care of while they're here and, and move on to do whatever. Um, probably a ways from that, but I, I do see it as something that could happen in our lifetime. Absolutely. It should happen in our lifetime. It should. I mean, it, it, it's just, a, it's just an evolution of business and the evolution of the sport. Um, I mean, you got to realize PBR is still not even 30 years old. Right. Think about that. Bingo. Right. Yep. They're not even 30 years old. And, and it's just, and it started with 20 guys that decided to throw in money and say, hey, let's break away from the traditional role and do our own thing. And so you got, they went through their startup pains. They've been, you know, so with private equity. Now we're owned by Endeavor. We have opportunities that we've never seen. We got a TV contract that was not even a thought 
yeah. you know, just, just, just 10, 12 years ago. And now we have that. We, we're now looking at international expansion. And, and, and the thing that I want to bring to the table that Sean and I are really adamant about is how do we transform the PBR to a media company versus just a live event competition, right? And so we got to create more front porch opportunities. And so you're going to hear some, some content deals come out here that we're doing. We're going to start creating our own content, yeah. you know, full link features that, that, that we, we can then monetize in some shape, form, or fashion. We are going to try to start playing, taking a more emphasis on highlighting and promoting our riders so that they can become household names that's in some exactly, shape, form, or fashion. To me, that's the fundamental problem with, with the sport right now. And that's the whole reason we started the podcast was you, and, and you know, now you've been around, like we've got 35 characters in the locker room and there's 20 of them that could probably have their own reality show because they're just so different and unique and, and the personalities different on the head, brother, man. I mean, right. But like, like this is things I think the rest of the world, like you put chase outlaw in front of the rest of the world and they're going to go, Holy shit. What's next? I mean, that, like that's just. The I don't reality. think the world is ready for Chase. Outlaw. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But then, but then you look at a guy like Cooper Davis, who incredible athlete, elite level at, at this, but incredibly intelligent. I mean, yes. and borderline. Like when you put him in that team challenge, cerebral. He knows everything. He's calculated every move he made as a quote unquote team leader. Um, very intelligent moves. Well, I think I think, but it's twofold. Um, Coming from WWE and, and characters who live the gimmick yeah. versus coming to here where these dudes view it differently. This is a means to an end yep. for a lot of those guys. And, and and the end, though, is the thing that I think we're going to have to recalibrate our talent on. And I've said this to you and I've said this out loud is we got to we got to get guys out of the mindset of the end game is I'm going to come in, make some money. Go back, run my ranch. But that's the way the sport's always been, and it's always we been the way. Got to change the mindset. And when these guys now, when you look at a, 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 I hate to keep going back to WWE, but you look at a Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson came in and said, "Okay, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna take my bumps, but I'm gonna figure out how to become a Hollywood figure." And that's the same thing we got to get for these Western sports guys. Is they got to come in and say, "I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna pay my dues." Um, but I'm also going to figure out ways to grow my brand mm -hmm. versus just saying I'm going to go back to the ranch. And we got to train them to think that. Because honestly, the difference between a John Cena, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and a Chase Outlaw and a Cooper Davis is the fact that their end games yeah. are just are just different, different, right? They're just different. And so if I can get them to change that mindset. It makes everybody else's job a little easier. Unless you're Ezekiel Mitchell, and he said it on the podcast. He wants to put out an album. He wants to be in movies. He wants to do Motley. He's got all these other things, and he's like, I'm going to do this because I'm good at this, and I'm going to use this to springboard in some other things. Platform. Everything, everything is a doorway to another opportunity. Everything we do in life is a door to another opportunity. It's Zeke gets it because Zeke understands that this is a like like the, the hardcore Western boar riders sees this as a job. Right. And it is. It is. The new up and coming talent see it as a platform. Yep. Two totally different mindsets. I'm still going to be masterful at this platform, mm -hmm. but it is a platform to springboard me to other things. And that's, and the other things could be other entertainment outlets or other things that grow your brand. Um, and, you know, you start talking about, these guys, and I was like, why don't you guys have your own clothing brands? Why don't you put more emphasis on your Instagram photos? Why don't you put more emphasis on your Twitter feeds? Why, why, why aren't you creating more and more content? And you got guys that are doing it. And, and so once we get all 35 guys along that line and they're participating in all lines of business and everybody's winning, 
brother, the product is going to just dramatically change at that point. Once you get 35 guys fully invested, then you have 100 guys fully invested. Right. Then you've got thousands of kids growing up fully invested in knowing how to do this. I mean, look, we, we keep going back to pro wrestling, but in my opinion, it's the most successful. Like when, when I was a kid, it was a niche audience, much like bull riding is. It's turned into a multi-billion dollar corporation. Like it, it's, it's an unbelievable entity. Because Vince took it, Vince had the vision to take content outside of the circle, the square circle, we like to call it. So, you know, when you, prime example, and, 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 and this is where some of the mindset I want to, br- I'm hopefully to bring in the PBR, but one of the things that we had in, in, at WWE, which is a, 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 a concern for us um, at that time, is we were, we were underperforming and in in teenage girls i mean i'm sorry in women ages 14 to like 30 i'm butchering some of the numbers cuz i'm a little bit right, right, right. stats so when you look at that and the number one thing that women were like i don't want to see these women objectified i don't want to see them wrestling and you know bra and panties and whatnot and they're not viewed as athletes because you call them divas mm-hmm. and so we we literally sat down and and came up with this strategy and when you look at that came coming out of that strategy was the women's revolution was the first part of that we we changed we dropped the name divas and started to call them WWE superstars which right. was you know bring some equality there we then turned around and launched Tota Bellas not to put the Nikki and Brie over which they deserve because they were superstars right uh, but what it did was it allowed for little thirteen year old girls uh, to to twenty seven in some cases forty year old women to look at this and say oh my god they are athletes. They really have to take a toll. They're on the road. They do everything that the guys and do. And they still have to live their life. And they still live their lives. And, and But what it did was it started to change the mindset of how people viewed the company now. And, and now it wasn't like, oh, you just got models that you just found. Like, right. no, these are full-blooded athletes. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you look at that, it changed that. And when you look at the dynamic of how the company started to grow from a demographic standpoint, the fastest growing segment women yeah. in that age group. And so when I look at when I look at PBR, the one thing that we have is we, we got a great fan base. It's family based. 67% of our people have families, right? So we know that we're going to have generational fans. The thing that we don't have though is a robust fan base that thinks outside of just guys riding bulls. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is create what we call more front porch opportunities where you're it's kind of like a mall, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to a mall, there's a JCPenney, there's a Hot Topics, there's whatever. There's all these random stores. But at the end of the day, the location of the mall, the mystique of the mall is what it, uh, brings you to that mall. And you can go through multiple entries, but you're still feeding that mall. For us, we got to create that, right? So two or three things, we're looking at different clothing brands that don't necessarily attach yourself to the PBR name, but it's going to be our brand. Uh, 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 we're going to white label it, but we're looking at opportunities like that. The content that we're going to put out is not just going to be centered around a guy riding on a bull, but it's going right. to be things that the average person can say, that is an interesting video. I want to watch more of that. Mm-hmm. And, and so now when you create these front porch opportunities where people can now engage into your brand, it creates basically a gateway to the actual product. And you're not just having to go in and say, I'm going to go and watch guys buck bulls. Because when I say that generically, you're like, oh, that sounds like, eh, I don't know. But until you come and witness it yeah. and until you can get engaged into it, then you're like, holy smokes. I just went and watched 45 boxing matches. I just, that were so hyped. And then, you you know, when you sit down, you get you and Clint, you know, calling and building that action. And I'm, even when I'm there and I know the product, when no, I get in goosebumps when I hear you guys and, 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 and the right music is on and then that shoot open. And I'm like, oh, go, go. And then they get to like 6.5 and get bucked off. You're like, no. Yeah. And see, to, that's how I am too. I'm, yeah. in, I'm invested emotionally and that's why the guys laugh. They think I'm just lazy or they, they make fun of me. Oh, you're just lazy, whatever. I don't like doing a whole lot of homework in a live setting because 
I like to have my natural reaction. And if I'm just kind of, uh, that's ex- what I'm expecting. Right. But if I'm super excited about something, everybody in that building should be too. <laughs> yes, you know I what agree. I mean? Like, I do notice this. If I'm scared, you should probably be scared too. <laughs> uh, I want to react naturally yeah. to what I feel. And, and that's just kind of how I want to be. That's it. And that's the thing that I love about a global touring competition based live product versus a scripted right. touring base because the bull doesn't care. Yeah. Nope. The bull. They don't uh, care what story is supposed to be. You're right. And for me, that was one of the hardest adjustments that I had to make. Right. Is, is, you know, give away all of WWE secrets, but I kind of knew who I was going to be pushing right. coming out of us. You know, you know who knew, the next star is going to be. I knew we I don't knew where we were going here. You don't. Day I mean, one of this season, the last two world champions, both break bones on the first bull of the year. <laughs> Every poster that has them on it, trash them. I'm the guy that had to design these posters. That's right. Yes, I'm you know what I mean? like, Oh crap. <laughs> here we go. Uh, yeah, I'm on the phone like uh, but again, scratch, and then you're like scratch that one too. But then again, that's where that's where it's like, okay, guys, we're all backed in a corner. That's why we need to be paying attention to everybody. Well, that and and you, we still got to figure out a way to sell the sport because let's be let's be honest, like the sport, I can't count on any guy to carry me for an entire right. season. That's I just right. can't. I can't. I tell. I talked about this all the time, and I was like, I know we got to put the previous champion up because that's how we pay homage. Yep. But once again, treating every day like the first day on the job. No, we got to break that mold. It's just that's who, why I introduce them every week. The best bull riders in the world. Yes, collectively. Yes, because they're going to interchange. The, the, we're going to have four or five guys hurt at a time. They, if they here's the deal. If they aren't interchanging, we got a bigger problem. That's that's we got right. a bigger problem. Yeah, and, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, we're going to have the top 10 guys are going to always be the same 10 guys because they're the freaking top, most talented guys in the world. They're just great at what they do. They're not good. They're great. And then we have a bunch of other good guys that can be great. They're missing something here or there. But but we we, we, we know this. I mean, Jose is going to ride lights out. Jess when healthy is going to ride lights out. Chase when healthy is going to do phenomenal things. They're going to excite the crowd with everything that he does because he's that guy. Savano is going to do what he does. Mm. I mean, we have guys that that have – JB is going to come out and even – he, which I still love. The only dude I know that can get bucked off and the crowd still loves him. They love like, him. He is that guy. You know why they love him? Because he has been authentic from day one. He, 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 he is not – the quote unquote stereotypical athlete. No. He doesn't know his way into a gym. He doesn't do any of those standard workouts. He doesn't care what he eats. He drinks beer. He smokes cigarettes, but he works his ass off and he puts his self out there every time. One hundred percent every time. He's authentic. And 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 so when you look at but but here here it, it and you start to look at those characters that are developing, and it goes back to your original point. We have the characters. Yeah. I just got to now get them to start to understand mm-hmm. the end game just needs to change a little bit because there's just more opportunities, right? You know, and just think if you, your name goes out there, now when you put your name on top of the ranch or whatever you're going to do for your quote unquote, you know, sunset living, we can make it even better. Yeah. Um, and so that that is. The, the, the mindset that we're trying to bring and, and hopefully it adapts, but we also got to get better as a company and, and, and promoting and making sure that the product is out there. It's easy to navigate. It's not as controversial in some shapes, form of fashion when it comes to like animal welfare and whatnot, which we take great care of our animals, uh, actually better care than they probably take care of most humans. Most people. So, kids, yeah. Uh, and so when you start to, when you start to overeducate people like that, and then you, you start to have guys that become these larger than life characters, 
everything rises. Everything is going to rise, right? And that's our goal. That That is my goal is by the time either Sean blows me out or our sunset off and retire, I know that we've set a, a new standard of, of what's acceptable mm-hmm. and what isn't. And, yeah. and, and, and our athletes understand that. The, our fans now understand that. And then the new people coming in are not coming in to something that I think is so oh, risque or taboo. They're coming into something because oh, this is fun. These are athletes putting on great things. Or sometimes this is just a great show. Yeah. Or this is a great thing to do. And, you know, we, you know, we, we as a marketer, we have, I don't know, 200 profiles of fans, right? Everything from suburban cowboy to, uh, uh, we call them costume cowboys, to a uh, hardcore, to a uh, 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 football fan uh, crossover. I mean, like we define everything. I mean, there's a lot of science that goes into what we do. So it, it, it's just a matter of now taking all that science, taking all that research, taking the current resources that we have and trying to create a better blueprint and a roadmap for the future so that once all these things align, we're there. I mean, and, that, and that's just that's just that's what we got to do. Take the return to competition out. Mm-hmm. Take being the first people back, you know, to bring live sports to the world. Uh, all the, the quote unquote COVID stuff. Um, favorite part of the PBR in the last year and a half since you've been here. Oh, so many moments, man. Uh, I mean, because it's hard to overlook a lot of the first. Um, but let me ask you this. Okay. When was the first time you saw PBR? Had you seen it before you came to Pueblo uh, that day? No. Uh, yeah. You, well, I knew of the product just because, you know, we tour, we study other tours. But 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 I love that. Okay. Yeah. No. And, and, and I'm going to be different than a lot of people because you're going to, you already know there's a lot of closed mindedness. And, 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 <laughs> and it's not, it's not just, just a little, not just in our organization, but in this lifestyle. And I, I try to tell rodeo people all the time, do you understand there are people in the world making billions of dollars? Why are we not trying to learn from them? Like, like, let's let's reach out and try to get some of that knowledge. Whatever they're doing, let's try to do that. Like, let's let's be the little kid tugging on their jacket, sir. Can you help me? Can you help me? That is so. One of the things that you know, I, like I said, I knew about the PBR. I know about. I, I could tell you pretty much random facts, quotes, revenue goals, ticket right. sales for every tour in America because that's my business. Right. I need to know this. Um, it's the same way a, a GM studies prospects. Like, I know what they're doing. I know how they're touring. I know their touring costs. I can tell you how many rigging points they put up because I need to know that stuff. And I knew a lot about PBR. And nine times out of 10, we were always kind of running the same circles or chase the same um, um, same venues venues same. and whatnot. So, I, so I've so i been to two shows prior to work for PBR, but I just came as guest of the venue because gotcha. we were going to be loading in the next day. So I saw the product. I knew what it was um, and was always impressed uh, in the two that I saw. And, 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 and um, but, but, but getting into the business, I think two, two of the more eye-opening things for me is similar to when you, when you go behind the curtains, uh, you, I realized how smart these humans were like legit smart. And, and I realized how athletic the, these bull riders were because, you know, you, you, and now I want to break the mystique and, and the, the the misnomers or whatever that I have for other people because I think if I can unlock that cheat code as to why I was never really exposed to it, and I say it's twofold. I think the one thing that the Western world, and this, I'm probably going to get hate mail, you're going to get it because your I don't podcast. Care. But the one thing I think the Western world did a, does a bad job of is they only talk in echo chambers. 
Oh, period. It's so bad. It's just I just want to. I'm gonna. You know, it's, it's cowboys talking to cowboys and and, and 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 rodeo people talking to rodeo people. And then we only promote. I'm gonna promote my rodeo at your rodeo. You promote your rodeo at my rodeo. And I'm just like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard that's of in my why, life. <laughs> when, when I meet somebody new, like, and, and and it's usually in a gym or you know wherever. Um, the first thing that they have, what do you do? Well, I tell them, you should come. Nah, it's not really my vibe. Why? Because you think it's a bunch of hillbilly redneck stuff? Let me show you a video. Look at this. And immediately, I go back to, um, like a lot of times, talking about you know our characters and everything. I've been fortunate. I introduced a lot of our athletes to like UFC athletes, and they get to talking or whatever. And then when they find out what they do, well, they've spent five, ten minutes kind of knowing who this person is. Now, all of a sudden, wait, you do what? Right. Now I'm intrigued because I have I know you as a person. Then you tell right. me you do this crazy shit. And then like, okay, now I'm in. Now I'm in. I'm hooked. That's it. But but when you get past that, um, uh, whatever it's called, that that stigma of uh, it's just a... It's just a bunch of hillbillies, or it's a bunch, and it's not cowboy. It's not. It's it's as far from your quote unquote run of the mill rodeo as you can get. No, and and here's the thing I tell people all the time because I believe you, me, I get that you work for who every right. time, right? And and it's funny because. It, you know, it's like, wait, wait, you're, you're a rider? No. Nope. Kind of, I take it as a compliment majority of the time, but okay. yeah, you know, okay, if you thought that, I'm cool with that, but no, I oversee the marketing, branding, blah, 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 blah. Huh? And so, and then I show up to the shows and, and I'll never forget, you know, once you get past that cup of coffee and people saw beyond this, but it, it goes back to the mantra of be cowboy. It doesn't matter the cars you drive, the clothes you wear. If you just want to help your fellow brother, if you're okay walking into unknown situations first, and, and if you're just all about trying to put in a hard day's work, you're cowboy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. And so if I I show up and I get a, you, we talk about this all the time. I'm never wearing boots, never wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah. Not because I'm against it. Everybody out there is not because <laughs> I'm against it. But it's two rules that I have. I don't play dress up with people who take this serious. And here is what I, I don't go. I'm not the one to go to a wrestling show wearing tights because that's, that's what right. they wear. These guys, I I, I told Sean this and, and it was part of my the interview recruiting process. It's a respect thing. I said, Sean, just, he says, well, we got to get you fitted for boots. I said, I'm not going to disrespect guys who earn the rights to wear those boots or earn the right to wear that hat. If you didn't grow up into this or if you didn't get past your cup of coffee, the first day on the job is not for me to be the first day to put on an American right. or a signature cowboy right. hat or Ariat boots. That's that, or, or, or now I did switch to the Wranglers. Here's why I tell you about the Wranglers because they're my, the best jeans in the world, yes. Uh, and, and, and at a fair price, so so keep in mind, I come into the business, I am an Air Jordan wearing, baseball cap wearing at the time, Lululemon pants wearing, t shirt guy. That's just my style, that's what I've been doing. And to this day, I am still an Air Jordan wearing, baseball cap, t shirt, but I am wearing Wranglers, but now. they go good with Wranglers. They go with, here's why I like Wranglers, this is the funniest thing. So, we were in Greensboro, uh, going to Wranglers headquarters, we had a meeting with, with the brass at, at Wrangler, and uh. I realized I didn't, and this is like my first time on the job, kind of my second work trip. I realized I didn't own a pair of Wranglers. Oh, so And like, you're going to the HQ. And I'm going to HQ. So I was like, the last thing I want to do is go to this building that does very great partnership with us and not own a pair of Wranglers. And I'm in Lululemon at the time. So I go and, and, and scramble to find a pair of Wranglers. And I'm going and I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm about to go and have to go. You know, I'm used to buying like True Religion jeans and some Levi's or whatever. And I'm used to spending hundred, you know, a couple hundred bucks sometimes for denim because, 
you know, that's kind of what I was used to. It is what it is. I go in and find these most comfortable pair of jeans. And I didn't care because I knew I had to wear them that night. I didn't care what I was going to pay. I get up and they were $23. What? Bro, I was like, (laughs) wait a minute. Wait one minute. This is, and they were, they were, they were, I don't wear a boot cut. They were skinny, they were skinny Wrangler jeans, which I didn't know exist, but they do. And so at this point, I'm going and I'm like, Shit, this is a cheat code, man. You know, That's right? That's and so right. I, I found this pair of jeans. I rock them all the time now. And then I meet up with the Wrangler brass, and they take a liking to me. And then I get a package, and it was a bunch of Wranglers in it. And I've been in it now. I got to grow to the denim jacket. Haven't gotten it. You make that stuff. I look got. Sexy, I got several way. of them. You I make got it look. Se- but you make it look so sexy. But I've been a Wrangler guy since I was born. Are you serious? Where? Since I, I mean, my first pair. My first pair of jeans were denim Wranglers. Dude, like I wasn't even a year old. It is I'm a baby, cheat baby. code. Yeah. They they're durable. Yep. They're affordable. And so anyway, as I so as I digress, but it, it it's one of those things that I got into the lifestyle, man. And and, and but I still am. A, I still believe that I am my authentic self. I didn't have to come in and conform. And I think that a lot of people, and I'm an African-American in the business, and, and I think that a lot of people get turned off because they think of they, they think of it one way, and it really isn't. We are an entertainment deal. We are not this, this taboo cult, right? And I say we because I now believe that I'm part of the family. I got past my cup yeah. of coffee, and, and everybody welcomes me. Everybody comforts me in my jeans and, 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 my, and my sneakers. Now I was like, oh, you got a different pair of sneakers today. I like those. I didn't like the ones last week and it's become a gimmick. And so I like, 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 and when you realize that the community is that welcoming, but we don't tell that story well enough. We don't really show how open we are to the world. So one of the campaigns that we're going to launch is, is Cowboys United. And so Cowboys United, we started a while back. We got a couple of uh, little tinks that we're going to make too, but basically it's just, it's just going to be just about that. It doesn't matter who you are to close your drive. As long as you're trying to help your fellow brother or sister out, you're willing to go into to unknown situations first and you really want to put in a hard day's work you're a cowboy and the we want the you. world's supposed to be that's it it's something the way the whole world's supposed take to be take all the other crap out of it at the end of the day those that that is that is what every it's not even an american credo that's a human credo right that's <laughs> right just, that's a life just, thing it's a it, life thing. it's not a cowboy thing that's a life thing. and so if you show up and, and now now if you can get past the tabooness of all right these guys on bulls and these animals and whatnot and you show up to the show and you realize it is a rock concert mixed with what I like to consider to be 30 to 45 boxing matches with, with, with some of the best acoustics that you're going to have and some of the best entertainers you're going to see. Now it's a show. It, it really is a show that you got to get get more engrossed into. And then you you start to root for the bull. You start to root for the cowboy because you start to understand the stories about those guys and the matches that they have. But even if you don't, it's the only sport. It's one of, it's one of the only sports that you can show up at any random moment and you're caught up. You, yeah, you don't it have to know the matter. story. You don't have to know the story. It's that guy versus that bull. And you know, I don't have to have the, the backstory of like a UFC fight. Yep. You it can is go literally. You can go one night and not go again for another five years and show up and you're still right where you need to be. Right. I don't want you to do that. I want you watching every week. I want you right. paying attention, but, but following the guys. Name yep. another sport you can do that. Nope, where you nowhere. don't have to understand, okay, what's on the line? I got to follow this backstory and whatnot. There's not another sport where you can show up and just say, I know it's man versus beast. That bull wants to buck him off and they want to try to go eight seconds. It's beautiful. I got a meeting to get to here in a minute, but there's going to come a day before long where you're going to go, you're gonna keep wondering, man. I wonder what I'd look in a cowboy hat. No, I wonder what I'd look like. Not, not even when a little bit. When I earn the right. When now, I earn now, the right. Now, now, here's the thing. I, I think you're gonna think about it, and then there's gonna be a time where I'm like, come on, man, let's go. Let's just let's no. just see if we can find one no. for you. And, and maybe hear, hear me out. Hear me out. 
because you're going to, I don't think I deserve it. And I, you know, whatever, whatever that respect issue is, which I appreciate. Um, and then we're going to get you one and you're going to show back up in Colorado and the missus is going to go, okay. And then you go, yeah, yeah, this is, this is my Saturday night hat. That's Man, right. Let me tell you, let me tell you how. Change uh, the game. Well, I've changed the game now with her and my outlook on life and just, just the things that we're looking to buy now. Right. So it used to be. More Play-Doh. Right, huh? More Play-Doh. A lot of Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That messed my whole workout situation up. But, but, but. So it used to be, all right, we're going to go, I'm going to retire and get this townhouse and, or we're going to go get us a little beach villa. Now I'm looking at freaking ranch land, right? Now I'm like, hey, I think I should get like six, seven acres. She's like, who the hell is going to mow six? What are you going to, like, seriously? What? Yeah, I was like, yes, I was like, you know, I think, I think we should invest in, in, in some cattle. She's like, get, you, 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 no, tell Sean, tell all of them to stop talking about you and gassing you up on this stuff. I'm going to tell you this. I got 34 acres in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, outside of a town of 300 people. One of the most free things you'll ever feel as an adult male is walking out on your back porch and just pissing wherever you want to with not worrying about anybody looking at you. It is one well, of the most free feelings in the I, world. I, I, it just cracks me up because I'm like, it, it, what, what, you know, now my outlook on things that I want to buy has changed. I'm like, now I mean, I'm shopping that tractor supply, <laughs> right? I'm like, I, I didn't even know this store existed, but they had, like, it's like the coolest like, thing ever. What the heck is a boot barn? Oh, okay. Bro, it's not just boots. Bro. I got you. I, when I, 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 it's just, it's just so funny because once again, these are the front porch opportunities that we just don't promote enough of. Like it, this is, it's, it's kind of like when we talk about wrestling and when you start talking about suck it and with the NWO, it was one of those things that, that became a cult phenomenon. And that, mm. those are the things that we got to do and make the cowboy authentic again. And if we do that, there's no other entity that promotes the cowboy ethos more than the PBR. Agreed. It is hands Agreed. down the best platform for a cowboy to be a cowboy. And now if we can figure out a way to make cowboy cool and then have our cowboys realize that the pull through mechanism can have a green, even greener passion, no pun intended, for <laughs> those guys uh, on the other side. It's going to make the business cool. Everybody wins. And then we get to a point now where now we're having drafts. And you got guys, you know, just like last night with the, the draft here, um, you're going to have guys walking off and saying that the payday is to make it to the tour. And they now have a trophy that's immediate up front and they know it. And so I see that day, too. And I, can't, I welcome it because the day that we have that type of scenario is the day we know we've evolved this sport to a point where, one, it's time to retire because there's nothing else we can do. That's right. But, but two, but two. We've now made we, we, we've lived up to the be, cow, uh, be cowboy ethos of this help our fellow man out. Uh, you think I'm going to get in trouble? Last question by Ric Flair because when I introduce Woo! the world champion, I say to be the man, you got to beat the man every every weekend. Uh, uh, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, you know, Charlotte and Rick are, are are good friends, and actually, we're trying to work with Rick on a couple of projects. And so, uh, now nah, R- R- Rick is cool. <laughs> Rick would be cool. Uh, he, he won't send you a cease and desist. Okay, good, 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 because I'm running out of material. Yeah, I, I'm running out of material. Yeah, yeah, I promise you. Rick Flair sent me a, a cease and assist. I would frame it. It'd be cool. Rick is, I mean, like I, I keep up with most of the guys, and 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 that is a once again, that's a guy that saw beyond the ring. I want to say this: like every every person I've met in that industry, um, and and several of them because of you. So thanks, uh, John Sahegan's introduced me to a ton of people. Like I, I mean, I met a lot of my heroes. I met guys like Hulk Hogan. I met guys like Hillbilly Jim. Awesome. You know, I mean, like like people that again. 
I never thought I'd go to the places that I've been to when I was a kid, even in college, much less meet the people that I've met in my life. That industry as a whole reminds me so much of this industry because of the people, the people, the fan base. Um, it, there's so many similarities. It's identical, and it's so cool. It, it, it you're absolutely right. You know, it comes down to talent. You know, doing amazing things, uh, and entertaining people, and then building um, 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 content that can support it, and then and, and building fandoms um, that go along with it, and and creating heroes and villains that that fans now take that ride with them. It's the same thing with our guys. You know, right. you you look at it. I mean, granted, we don't have a good heel in the PBR because our guys are just too freaking I'm begging, nice. I'm begging Cooper Davis to just go oh, to a go press heel? conference and just be like. Look, I'm only here so I don't get fined. I'm waiting, and I'm dude, better than the rest of these oh, guys. I, I'm waiting for I the heel. Them. I, I, I would, I would actually pay them out of my own pocket to go heel on us in one day. But you know, we got too many nice guys. But, but, but that's a that's a good problem to have. That's a, a good, really good problem, problem to have. Well, uh, man, I, I appreciate you taking this time. Hey, I'm, me too, man. You got me out of having to go to a workout here. I think we all got a show tonight, and we're gonna have some. Yeah, fun. I'm gonna be late for a meeting. I hope I'm still employed by the PBR by the time this thing drops. Uh, I know be, some people that know fine. some people. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure fine. we can take I care. I promise you, I'm not too terribly worried about it. Uh, thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, we've been trying to do it for a while, and I get you know we're gonna do it again though. We better. If not, okay. you know, then I know some people that know some people. Okay, <laughs> appreciate it, Coche. <laughs> Thank you.